Hello, morning everybody. It is Thursday, 17th of September, and you sort of have to laugh a little bit, don't you? The Nasdaq overnight down 1.25%. Dow Jones was up 37 points. And we saw Apple down 3%, Facebook down 3%, Amazon and Netflix down 2.5%. And this morning we've got APT down 4.4%, OpenPay down 4.5%, Zip down 5.4%, Sezzle down 6.2%. It sort of makes a bit of a mockery of fundamental analysis, doesn't it? If the market is driven on sentimental themes, it's not as if everybody overnight shopped 2.5% less at Amazon or watched 2.5% less Netflix movies or bought 3% less iPhones or 3% of people decided not to bother with Facebook today. Yet they all move together. And it does just make the point that... The market is not all about fundamentals. It's about herd. It's about sentiment. It's about themes and trying to be too scientific rather than realistic. And realistic means there is a herd and you have to keep in touch with it. But trying to be too fundamental is never going to allow you to time the market anyway. Off the rant box. The market down today, the technology sector is not the only sector having a bit of a dip today. It is the iron ore sector with Fortescue down 4.9%, Rio down 2.7%, BHP only down 0.9%, but that's probably because the oil price went up 4.9%. We'll come to that. But iron ore got it in the neck overnight down 3%, and that has come on the back of some of the highest stockpile numbers in China since April. The suggestion is that the stockpiling process, which is seasonal in China, may have come to an end, and falling margins amongst steelmakers tend to push steelmakers into blended iron ore rather than the lovely Australian fines. And so you get the oil price, sorry, the iron ore price coming off the top. Now we have a bit of a look at that in the strategy piece today. And I just make the point that this is a trading sector driven by a commodity price. I've got a chart of Fortescue overlaid with the iron ore price today. And you'll see they move in lockstep. So if the iron ore price comes off, these share prices are going to come off. It's irrelevant really what the fundamentals are doing. But before you get too upset about it, just have a look at the stock box from Fortescue in there at the moment. You're on a PE of 8.3 and a yield of 8.7%, which including franking is 12.4%. The iron ore price has been over $100 for the whole of the third quarter of the calendar year. Brokers' forecasts are too low. The iron ore price is now $130, and even though it may come off a few dollars on one day, you can't get away from the fact that these stocks are still printing money, strong balance sheets, Low PEs, high yields, investors need not sweat. Traders, you do what you want. You might be able to finesse a little drop here in Fortescue. Certainly looks like we're about to have one on the charts. But how far it goes, who knows? And investors should really just stick with it for the moment. Unless this iron ore sell-off develops into something more fundamental, something a bit longer term, you really don't need to sweat it as a longer term investor. Right, strategy section today. We made some changes to the ETF portfolio yesterday, which judging from the responses was very well received. What we did was we have started to get a slightly more interesting profile to the portfolio, slightly. We have been holding 100% of the VAS, which is the Vanguard ASX 300 accumulation exposure 
ETF. And we've gone and spread that across 60% into ASX 200 and 300 matching ETF. So 60% in basically the Australian market accumulating in the Australian market. We put 20% into the IVV S&P 500 ETF, which is in Aussie dollars. So if the Aussie dollar goes up, you make less money. So you want the Aussie dollar to go down and the S&P 500 to go up. And we bought, just for interest sake, a 5% holding in hack, which is exposure to cyber cyber security. We also bought a 5% holding in the Vanek New York Stock Exchange ARCA Gold Miners Index, basically an exposure to gold. And we bought a 10% holding in the FANG Plus ETF, which is a play on the NASDAQ bottoming after its recent fall. And that's where we're sitting at the moment. We had some great suggestions from members. Happy to take those. Suggestion that we need an exposure to Alibaba and Tencent. And that's one of the great things of ETFs, of course, is that you can expose yourself to international stocks through the ASX. And the suggestion was we look at the Asia ETF, ASIA ETF. I've got a link to that in the strategy piece today. And also look at buying the X20 ETF, EX20 ETF. Again, a link to that in the strategy piece today, which is the top 200 stocks excluding the top 20 by market cap. And that allows you to basically exclude the banks or even MVW. Again, link in the strategy section. And that includes Australian listed companies that generate 50% or more of their revenue from overseas. So the top holdings in that ETF are Afterpay, Mineral Resources, NextDC, WiseTech, Charterhall, Goodman Group, Car Sales, App and JB Hi-Fi, ALS Limited. Anyway, all interesting ideas. We will doubtless incorporate some of these. I quite like the idea of replacing one of our ASX 200 ETFs with the X20 ETF just to see how it performs relative to the market as a whole. It's like buying a a bear bank ETF sort of thing. Anyway, all good ideas. We will possibly adopt some of those. Having just made all these changes, I'm not going to go and change it all again. But next week, I dare say, we'll put in some more of these changes interesting stuff and we are on the educational journey on ETFs and I would tell you we are talking to Premium who host our separately managed accounts about setting up a real fund that only invests in ETFs in Australia and this is the guinea pig our ETF portfolio is the guinea pig for what we might do in that if we get it up and going we've got a few hurdles to cross before we do that so it might take some months Meanwhile, the FOMC meeting last night, bit of an anticlimax. I think the bit that disappointed the market, the US market was up, or the Dow Jones was up 369 points till the FOMC meeting announcement came out, and it only ended up 37. So there was a sell-off after it. I think the disappointing bit was that they emphasized that they are going to have to, or the economy is going to have to rely on some fiscal stimulus. And of course, the Democrats and Republicans can't even agree a coronavirus stimulus package. So what chance that? But also they were talking about this 2% inflation target and the newswires have concluded that interest rates in the US are on hold for three years. And if you look at the chart in the strategy piece, the Fed's new dot plot, you can see that nobody's expecting a rate rise until at least 2023 there. Meanwhile, the OECD raised their Australian GDP forecast from minus four, sorry, minus 5.5, sorry, minus 5% this year to minus 4.1%, but they cut back next year's GDP bounce from 4.1% to 2.6%. I would just 
say all those numbers were very dependent on certain things. If this happens, then that and la 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 is to be almost worthless. And just to point out, the OECD are nothing special. They are just another group of economists like any other group of economists. You don't want to take them too seriously. And if they were really hotshot economists, they'd be working at Goldman Sachs, not the OECD. Although I am sure they are very capable, but it's just another body of economists passing an opinion couched in caveats. So I wouldn't take it too seriously. Uh, We've had some jobs numbers today, very strong numbers. 111,000 jobs added in August. The range was from minus 125,000 to plus 75,000. So way up the top of what anyone else expected. Unemployment's come down from 7.5% to 6.8%. The consensus was 7.7%. You imagine that would be positive for the market, but it's done nothing for it at all. We are down 48 at the moment, and it didn't blip up at all on the back of that. It doesn't really help the Aussie, or it helps the Aussie dollar go up, which is not terribly good news for the market. Otherwise, had an oil price bounce overnight. Have a look at the chart in the strategy piece of Woodside and the very close correlation with the oil price. Until recently, the oil price has been going up whilst Woodside's been going down. We still see the oil sector as a recovery sector. The oil price has held up. The share prices haven't at some point. They are going to recover. This is a long-term industry. The oil sector has taken a lot of bleak outlook news on the nose in the last few months. And last night, the US Energy Information Energy released crude stockpile or inventory numbers showing crude stockpiles were down 4.4 million barrels last week against expectations of being up 1.3 million barrels. And that takes the total stockpile down to the lowest level since April. So maybe there's some light at the end of the tunnel for oil stocks. We will continue to hold those for recovery. It is taking rather a long time though. Meanwhile, you'll see capital raisings out of URW and SCG today, which is property trusts selling assets, raising capital to see them through this week period. We are again holding those for a recovery one day. Again, taking a while. A couple of quick things. Latest poll says Biden's ahead by 9%. 28 cases in Victoria is good. I was on Ausbiz this morning, but I can't seem to find the video. And a Wells Fargo Gallup survey about people going back to work says, on being asked, what are you most looking forward to when you return to the office? 20% said they looked forward to nothing at all. (laughs) I'm sure uh, there are some employees and even employers who think along the same lines. Anyway, a few technical observations today, some very interesting ones in there. Have a look at those to do with Z1P, gold, healthcare, Woolies and Wes Farmers, Transurban and TNE and Nick Scarley and Karoon Gas and the IT sector. Find out which way all those sectors and stocks are going by looking at the strategy piece today. Right, that's about it. Bit of a shabby day. Thankfully, we're outperforming. Banks doing a little bit better than the rest of the market. And NG sector is up as well, which we're quite exposed to. And we don't hold any of those BNPL stocks yet, which are all carking it. I will speak to you tomorrow. (laughs) 